1: games you've seen some right i've been seeing some plus size bases in action (laughs) i have and actually one of the things that i like about spring training is that they play at an appropriate time for the uk oh true so this is actually one of the yeah they don't play this is actually one of the easiest times for me to see for me to see live baseball games what um what is the clip that you've seen the most the clip that i've seen the
0: most i specifically asked because i keep on seeing the corbin carroll going Uh, around the bases losing his helmet yeah
1: i mean Right, it's
0: <laughs> and what's funny is I think um, he doesn't. When I hear Corbin Carroll, that's not what I think he should look like. <laughs> he's um, like I'm sorry, but he should. He and Christian Walker should probably switch bodies. In my head, they're like the, <laughs> the opposite people for what it should be.
1: I'm I'm torn on Corbin Carroll. I mean, our our since he's so young, our forecaster is is quite doesn't know what to do with quite them. bad at him, but I I mean. I generally ignore 23-year-olds running around the bases really fast because that just doesn't tell you that much about what's happening. Like it, do- it just doesn't tell you Wait, he can run around the bases faster than Jose Abreu? Who knew? <laughs> it just Right. My point is like I understand why it's a, I understand why it's a fun clip to watch, but from a fantasy baseball perspective, it's useless. <laughs> I mean almost useless.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, it's it's almost more important that you hear like you hear about his fielding and you're like uh-huh especially the young guys it's like oh uh-huh. he's got a really good chance at being the left fielder uh-huh. permanent left yeah. fielder and you're like oh there we go so he's going to be able to the ups and downs are going to be able to um, mellow out well there.
1: this is exactly why i drafted von grissom right because that was an open question yeah. for him last year and
0: like i, is gonna... I put put your, your feet to the fire and you couldn't tell me what position he was going to play
1: well i didn't know but now they're trotting him out every you know they're trotting him out at shortstop so okay <laughs> great <laughs> Dark horse uh, option there of what he's going to play. It's like oh, he's the starter now. All right, fine. Still a lot of room. Still a lot of room for me to be wrong, but you know. Uh, okay, you shared two articles here. I mean, I love one that's trying to forecast MLB saves leaders predictions.
0: Yeah, I I actually I put this in here because right, let's let's summarize. They gave you the best the uh, the best closers of the last couple of years. And then they mentioned some of the best closers the last couple of years, who actually had like the best year. Mark Melanson is one of them, you know. So we, do you want to? Do you think it's gonna one of the the people in this article is gonna be the best um, closer, or will someone not on this list be the dark horse and be the best closer? Can
1: we be clear? What do you mean by best closer? You mean best overall statistics or most saves? Something between the two of those. Yeah. Uh,
0: Let's let's do. the best in terms of you know ranked against each other we can come up with how we do this later but it's three categories really that you care about one is saves a number one is saves it's probably two categories
1: there and then k's and and era yeah i mean i think i think if you're looking to balance closer capabilities i would say one of these four which is Russell iglesias josh Hader. Emmanuel Classe, and Edwin Diaz is probably going to be the best in some sense. Like You, you, can, you think so? I think at the end of the season, you'll be able to make a case for one of these four being the best. I also think that at the end of the season, one of these four is going to be terrible. I can't tell you which one. Oh, that is, that is for certain. You and I are in lockstep on this. One of these guys is going to be unownable at the end of the, the season. Completely agree. And I have no idea which one it is, but I would bet Edwin Diaz. <laughs> if I had to bet. <laughs> I, I mean... I don't think Hayter can go down. I think. You don't think that... I don't... I,
0: yeah, I th- in some ways, it feels like Josh Hayter and Rysel Iglesias, for having terrible ends of seasons last mm-hmm. year, are probably the least
1: likely to this year fall apart. I agree. But Classé, who kind of came out of nowhere, and Edwin Diaz, who always feels like he's teetering on the edge <laughs> to me. Wait, you forgot about Devin Williams. Is Devin Williams in here? Yeah, he's at the very bottom. Devin Williams it was after Iglesias. Well, I don't like that. It could easily be Devin Williams. <laughs> I didn't see Devin Williams in here. Yeah, I I'm trying to ignore that I, because I I don't. I I mean I think okay I would add Devin Williams to that category too because I think Devin Williams is more likely to be the worst closer on this list than he is the best closer on this list. I yeah I think that's true.
0: I think that's true. How are you feeling about your TGFBI draft?
1: I think our teams are so similar but (laughs) i actually like i think i actually like yours a tiny bit better than mine really oh i think so i i mean the more the more i sat with the first five rounds being bichette alcantara scherzer swanson jansen and then adamas who we all love and you got yelich okay i mean if i look at your first seven rounds i'm like yeah that's actually like it's actually like a, a team that i want whereas i have Otani Alcantara, also Urias, Swanson, Adamas Springer, and then Joe and Duran, who is like okay. I I think I like. But then you got Yelich in the next round too. I think I like so your you also... base a little bit better than I like. Mine. Yeah, I think you're. I
0: really I I was really ups, I would have been really upset if I if Scherzer hasn't hadn't fallen to me because right. I really like that. Right. And I liked getting Kenley Jansen. Yep. Uh, speaking of about closers uh it was nice to have that in there
1: um my hitting just so many (laughs) shortstops yeah but every every i mean the problem was that we went we drafted straight value which we'll talk about and there was just a Uh lot of just a lot of value on in shortstops so but i think yeah right bottom line if top line result how am i feeling i'm feeling like i have not lost the season i don't feel like i need to do anything crazy yet
0: i think that we're trending towards if we are actively managing our teams and doing pickups. I think we're really trending towards being in the top half of the league, which I think we've set really solid bases mm-hmm. for our teams. Um, but I don't think that there's nearly as much room for upside because of the way that we drafted. Great. Like there aren't many players on my team who I think could, well, I mean, yeah, I don't, I think it's some of the, some of them kind of outweigh each other. Like Christian Yelich could he be a top, 30 player maybe cody bellinger mm-hmm. could he return 100 could he get 100 spots better maybe but i think that you know once you put them all together it's like eh, it doesn't really the upside doesn't really up
1: outweigh the downside yeah i, I agree with that because it's it's just as likely that Yelich will be amazing and bellinger will be terrible and balance each other out yeah. like the odds that the odds that they're both great this year and both of those hit is is significantly lower Though Adamas and and Yelich will be connected, yeah, I mean, I I like that. My pitching feels
0: pretty solid, but now I realize, oh, I need another, need someone to close games.
1: No, we need someone else to close we need, games too. We need more of that. I mean, we'll we'll talk more about that problem in more depth here when we get to the main segment. Absolutely, Mando, you watch Mando? I did watch Mando. I my t- my main feeling is that I forgot how much of like a little snack these episodes are
0: oh yeah oh man the star wars thing is like 35 minutes Mm -hmm. it's it's at least it's not like you know the simpsons where it would be like 20 minutes 20 minutes of actual show yeah over 30 minutes leaves you wanting more this is sort of almost gets you satiated in a way that um in a way the game of thrones with an hour you can get like you go from the point of oh I'm really excited I'm really excited I'm really excited and then all of a sudden you get like 40 minutes in and you're like ooh I'm feeling yeah. like kind of full and they just have enough time to just start making you want to watch to just switch the switch the gears back again to like try trying to get you into the next week right
1: but this Mando's yeah they really are a little snack <laughs> which which I'm not saying that I dislike but it's harder to you you really have to step back and think about the whole arc and I understand that this episode was trying to reestablish the arc because there's been a lot of star wars content since mandalorian season two and honestly yeah. i don't remember at all where we left off oh uh, no! well and where we left off isn't
0: exactly where we left off the last mando right. episode right that's right like we
1: had the th- we had the thing that's right there was some drift <laughs> they still got from the jawas Some there was some drift along in the middle i mean things that i like seeing more carl weathers i mean I don't actually like seeing him, but it is absurd to see him. (laughs) He is just absurd to see. Like, okay. I do want him to not have two working hands. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Can we fit that in? (laughs) Guys,
0: (laughs) there's that alligator thing at the start of the episode. Like, come on. (laughs) They're setting it right up for us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just tap it in, Mando. Yeah, I did like that the whole town was different. Yep, cleaned up, nice,
1: feels, gentrified. One might feels say. like they sold the set or they took the set apart and had to build a <laughs> new one. I mean, I was kind of like, this is a different town. This <laughs> is entirely
0: different. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it's a, part of this. Really, we have the we have a lot of the um, shootouts, yeah. right? And this is supposed to be a western. Yeah, In western towns did this kind of shit where yeah. it was like used to be the what the town that. Um, oliphant was in in tatooine you know it's like one road a couple stuff and then all of a sudden just like money would come in boosters would come in and build a town
1: but i'm really i'm really excited that Amanda's back and i'm i'm ready to watch these i'm in so we had sort of a brutal reality check on our rankings once once drafting actually started both in tgfbi and the home league uh and so we need to talk about incorporating drafting mechanics into rankings and what it act- what it actually means <laughs> to to draft from this list because okay problem statement if you draft straight from this list you will be drafting in a completely orthogonal way to most everybody else in your league and that just isn't worth it because you're spending draft capital at wild times when you could be getting you could be getting guys that everyone agrees are more valuable and then still getting your really valuable guys later. Right. So that's that's what I kept
0: on thinking. So I think it's about every five rounds, about every five rounds, I felt like if I had at the beginning of the five round cycle, had just picked the highest guy off the board, I could have still had the five guys that I picked. Yep. You know? And in that sort when you think about it that way, it's like, well, that means that i would have you know i i i'd have I, I don't know i i could go into who i have on my team but you could have the, those five guys plus someone who was much better instead of just picking your guys so that's why the picking your guys strategy always falls down because yeah you're picking your guys but you could pick your guys later
1: right so so we should be most typically. right so we should be clear which is that we basically went into this year that was a good phrase we basically went into this year with a pick your guys mentality here's the right. here's the absolute value of all of these guys i'm going to go pick them but i but i'm looking i mean i'm looking at your team and i'm just thinking especially because we have a little bit of a control sample between your you picking and me picking right cuz i got Yelich a couple rounds after you did and i'm just looking at this like what if you had slotted uh like william contreras in right could you right. could you right. just right. Slide if I, if, what everything if I else put down? him in at the right time <laughs> yeah could almost you, i mean i think i think there's a good chance that you still could have gotten Reese Hoskins, Christian Walker, Tony Gonsolin, Tony Gonsolin for sure, Pablo Lopez. I mean, I'm looking at Merrill <laughs> Kelly, Jose Barrios. I mean, Merrill Kelly, a lot of one. these, yep. All of a lot guys. of these guys. I think you could have gotten, or like you could have picked for sure. You could have picked Cal Raleigh and slid everybody else down, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and the reason I'm I'm picking on catchers because our rankings are problematic in a two catcher league. They're problematic enough for the one catcher league. Yes, exactly. They don't work for a one catcher league, and they
0: really fall down. And that tells you the problem of catcher. The other one was relief pitcher that we yes. knew was problem from the start. So those two pitch positions are so tough. And one thing that I think we're going to see at the end of this as well is that stolen bases. We're not. We didn't. We didn't draft enough for getting stolen bases because we were drafting value right so we're not going to have the kind of same speed because sometimes a team can like do this kind of reaching for players but if they reach for stolen bases and saves they they're locking up two positions while they're they're getting their guys at those i mean
1: i i do agree with that i'm a little less worried about stolen bases and saves because oh so those are those are ones where you can try and those are ones where if you spend a lot of in-season time, you can rectify those problems. But there are structural issues like I don't have a catcher that <laughs> you can't that, like, you <laughs> yeah. can't rectify right mid-season, or like, ooh, I really missed out on the second any sort of second baseman that I wanted, and now I feel like my team is actually going to be hey. deficient at second base. I'm that's that's hey. not me picking on your team. I feel like my team has a serious second baseman problem. Yeah, you're staring down the barrel of Colton Wong for a whole well, year. Well, I picked up LeMahieu. Oh, hey, that's not bad. Because he actually has value on our list, and he's eligible at all infield positions, <laughs> except for shortstop. But I don't have a problem there. I don't know. You don't need any shortstop help. Get out of here, shortstop. Help. But, yeah, I mean, I was looking at Colton Wong also, and, like, oh, no. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny because now it's pressed me into situations where I'm looking for multi-eligibility players at this point. And so I'm mm-hmm. placing a premium on them, which is kind of like, well, maybe I should have done that in the first place. I don't know. My other 30,000 foot observation, and then I'll ask you for yours, is that the the pitcher value in the middle of the draft actually has been a big surprise to me. Uh, in addition to just our forecast, our forecasts, I just feel like there's a huge glut of the pitchers from range, say 40 to 60, 40 to 70. There's just a lot of guys there. And I feel like, everybody is going to get to pick their guys on the pitching side. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, I'm no longer worried about pitching at all because I, it seems like it seems like the dispersion in value in where people have them ranked is so large that everyone's just going to get to pick their guy.
0: Yeah. I don't think that there, there's sort of like a, there's not a top top group of starters. There is a very, very hefty, healthy um second tier and then that third tier is a little bit weird this i think this year especially we've talked about you know you make your draft oftentimes and the pitchers is between 20 and 40 just mm-hmm. like pitching mm-hmm. you pick the three two or three right guys and you can have the best pitching staff yeah so those i think is a little bit wonky but every year is wonky at the end of the year we'll be like oh it should have been clear that we should have grabbed this guy but you're right. I th- I think that I've I've noticed that too. That there's so much, there's so many different ways to value those guys in the forty. The one that I keep on, um, Brady Singer, yeah. is one yeah. I really I really like. I probably should have grabbed him a little bit earlier. I should have grabbed him earlier when I got guys that I wasn't as as interested in. But mm-hmm. you know, his the range of outcomes for him pretty
1: wide. Yeah. No. 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 It's 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 really true. I mean, I understand. I guess I guess I was thinking, how do we identify pre-draft the positions that are going to feel like this? Because I feel differently about pitchers than I felt previous years, and the same thing is true about shortstops, right? It, I'm not, well, I think that we or we did an analysis of the draft last
0: year, the TGFBI draft, mm-hmm. and one of the things that we said was basically if you didn't know who to draft, draft a pitcher because mm-hmm. that was there's more value at pitcher always on the board. Yeah, I think that was true up until where did i somewhere around round 10 ish this
1: year Mm,
0: yeah and then everybody was pitching was taking pictures
1: yep everybody was taking pictures yep yeah it was uh, it was it it was it was really interesting to see how our two drafts unspooled after the same (laughs) list okay then we can pivot to my next big question which is what do we do (laughs) not like not not i mean both in a short term like what do we do this year and also, what do, what do we do going forward when you're thinking about ranking players? So I think the, the,
0: the really big thing that if we want to do something really toolsy, the idea was that we use the agent-based modeling piece to try to game out positionality of of players, to right. try to to try to add mm-hmm. in um, to our rankings, we put our rankings together, then that would kind of smooth them out to like, if we put the parameters in, right, you, like you need to get one catcher and one first baseman, one second baseman, one third baseman, and one shortstop. And you have like one utility spot, a wiggle. Right. to like just trying mm-hmm. to see where the values end up falling so that the the, the um, you know if, if we're doing that with 15 agents, the 16th shortstop off the board is going to be hit in the value and is going to start to go down. And if we're at to add the right amount of stochasticity into it, wouldn't just be the sixteenth, it would be all of the first sixteen would be hit by that by right. that value. Yep. That value proposition. So I think that's one one piece to think about, how, how we could try to do that. And then, you know, we have to go back to the problem that we had talked about many, many times last year of like how do we then optimize starters versus relievers, mm-hmm. the right number yep. of people. But we can just manually set that. Anyways, that's one really toolsy way that we could we could address that. The other thing is to just let's take we can take ADP into account and just and and say and try to fit. We have to fit some sort of model together that says here's the maximum that here's the ADP of this player. Here's the maximum expert ranking. We we should be within that range, somewhere within that range, or some that range plus or minus 0.25, something like that. You know, I just I don't know how to how we can do that better Well,
1: i I think i mean i think everything yeah i first of all i I completely agree with with both of those things and one is super toolsy and one is like an approximation of toolsy which arguably is more more toolsy but you know we can we can go around around on that no
0: the other one is a straight is is modeling in the sense Uh of of not trying to um You know, sometimes we get really into like forecasting outcomes and that's sort of what we're doing. But this is sort of modeling the data that we have. We're combining data sets together and putting together a model of a representational model Yeah, to actually draft off of. That's right. And yeah, I mean, I don't feel like I'm saying that that well. No,
1: no, no. I think it makes sense. I mean, I think the second point is realistically what I think we're going to try and do for the rest of our draft right is like okay there's no reason for me to pick Adam Wainwright who I know is the next guy up on both of our tables (laughs) because because, as he has been for the last five rounds right because we're at pick 230 and nobody's gonna take him till pick 300 because 350 because there's so much hurting in the value right I mean it's I, I think about this because of people talk about Political pollsters and not wanting to publish a poll that's like markedly different from other people, and we've basically published mm-hmm. a list that's wildly different <laughs> than everyone else's, and that yeah. really made me realize just how much hurting there is in ADP value. Like everybody is is drafting from very similar lists. Yeah. Like even even when people, even when I would say mainstream ranking lists say that you know here's a sleeper they're only 10 15 picks off from ADP whereas we're proposing guys that are like 60 70 80 picks off from ADP Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and we just shouldn't we just shouldn't spend our draft capital on that we should draft kind of ADP and then you know what we're still gonna get Adam Wainwright in three rounds
0: and that's the big thing is we need to know where to slot him in yeah because if you don't like, I, I've been having that problem of addressing that on the fly in in this league, and in our home league as well, of like, yes. okay, well, yes. I really like this player, but I don't – like, how do I get this player while also getting one or two guys to set up the table before I get this player? Like, we I, we both blocked ourselves out of getting um, Willie Damas in our home league because we ended up locking up positionality or yep. – similar players and I said this I did the same thing I wanted to have Jake McCarthy in um I thought I could get Jake McCarthy in our um in in TGFBI I did the same thing I did in the home league which was like I we were high on him Mm -hmm. I decided to try to think higher higher on them it's still not high enough yeah you know, so there's some players like that where I think we're just never going to be high enough on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this proposition of, like, looking at 80... Like Julio Rodriguez. We are never going to get Julio Rodriguez, <laughs> no matter how much we both believe in it. You know? Yeah, well... The model doesn't. Right, exactly, unless unless there are external factors taken into consideration. But, yeah, I mean, I think... Um, yeah, I mean, all of this is always going to be probabilistic in the sense that we're still going to miss out on guys if we look at 80... if we if we try and look at ADP and draft smartly to that, right, we're still going to miss guys. And then the real worry is like, well, I actually don't want to miss Adam Wainwright (laughs) when his time comes up. Yeah. Is the problem because we actually think that he will, he will be good this year. But I mean, I'm looking at, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and I think, I think that there are different phases in the draft. So we have to be careful about like when you should pick your guy versus when you should go for value. And like those Merrill Kelly picks, I think Merrill Kelly is going to have a good year, but we still could have gotten him two rounds. We still later. could have gotten him two rounds later. I mean, they didn't didn't yeah. I get him two rounds after you got him? I mean, there are a couple. Yeah, there are a couple cases where it's like, whoa, okay, just because a couple I, things broke. Different. It was one of those I put the queue together and then I
0: didn't really have that much time or availability, and it just took a little. Oh, I'm up. And it's like him. It was Merrill Kelly, then it was Right. and it's like, jeez, oh, I I don't have time to really think about anything more. We put this
1: model together. Let's just grab him. I mean, I th- I think that should always be the fallback. I mean, I like, okay, I can't get to my computer. Trust the work I can't get to my computer. I'm sitting on my phone right now. Like, yep, I, I logged all these guys at some point. Like, well, I'm going to take Andres Munoz, says the best closer on the board. But, like, yeah. is, is he? <laughs> like uh, Is he? I don't know. I, I don't know. want to re- 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 redo my – because then,
0: then you, you spend all your time spinning your wheels, second-guessing yourself instead of just like, okay,
1: here we go. Here's the play that I'm going to get. Yeah, and so you know, okay. So I took Andres Munoz. I was just looking at him. Oh, about the same about the same round as your as your draft. So that's but Joanne Duran I took earlier. Like you know, they're t- they're, it's tough. It's tough. But then if you look at the, I was I brought up the
0: um, I refired up my uh, TGFBI um, draft scraper, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of players here where there's like real dispersion. Like mm-hmm. uh, so, Charlie Blackman. Yep, he was drafted minimum draft one ninety nine. What what is his maximum draft? Is was one hundred and forty
1: two picks later. No, no, <laughs> no, he's not. He's not even drafted in your league, is he? He's not even drafted in my league, so it's gonna be higher. Yeah, right. I took him because our model's high on him. Yeah. So I so oh, I grabbed Charlie. him, but I grabbed him also because that was me hand moving around some positional scarcity and just being like. Well, this is a five outfield league, so you forget about that and all of a sudden. Oh yeah, I've had problems the last
0: three years with outfielders.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I should probably go. I still only have four. How many do you have? Two. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think you should up I think you should upvalue outfielders. Uh, yeah. Right thanks, now. thanks, Mike. I'm just telling you now. I mean, well, you got your you got your catchers now. So, I think yeah. I did. I just grabbed my catchers Went back to back. I think right. So last week when we talked, the draft had not started and we were like, stay the course, pick our guys. And I think this week we have our list, but we have the permission structure to. (laughs) Oh, we we
0: already also said,
1: you know, we're in the
0: tail of the value distribution where it's like, if we were really, when we were really looking at this, it's
1: like, what's the difference between the values of of like two or three players? Well, I mean, we we know it's, and and the thing is, is that minuscule, we know it's not much, right? (laughs) That about brings us to the review session Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso uh looks like a first baseman, right? Yeah, he does. <laughs> that, was the, that was the main thing that I immediately thought. All right, Pete Alonso's 2022, 685 plate appearances, 95 runs, 131 RBIs, 40 home runs, 5 stolen bases, 271 average. I mean, I can't get over that 131 RBI number.
0: It's crazy. It's <laughs> it's, it's it's
1: it's so good. That is I mean that's a truly, a truly, truly stunning number of RBIs. I know. I mean, mean, in the context of a TGFBI team, like that's twenty percent of you know no, not twenty percent, more than ten percent of all the of all the RBIs you need, and mm -hmm. you have fifteen guys, one guy. (laughs) I know, one guy. Yeah, Uh, that's pretty amazing. This goes back
0: to like there's certain constructions of teams having the RBI guy early in your draft really just helps you kind of know the RBI and home
1: run guy. But he really is an RBI guy. I mean, the thing about the thing about Pete Alonzo is that uh, that 2020 season is really a lost season for him because the commentary It around would that, have
0: been so good to be, yeah. to have a full season there.
1: Yeah. because The commentary around his 2019 season when he hit 53 home runs was like, Pete Alonzo could hit 60 home runs <laughs> next year. Mm hmm. And you know, I think it took a step back. Judge Aaron Judge had the season that maybe you would have predicted for Pete Alonso. In know, well, yeah, in a way, I have a lot more faith in Pete Alonso staying healthy. He I do.
0: Too. Looks it. He looks like the kind of guy that can stay healthy. The same way that you know, yeah, he's
1: got the first baseman body. Yep. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot, a lot, a lot to like about Pete Alonso. Actually, I mean, does he? He's got to hit more than forty home runs this year, right? I don't know. It doesn't
0: have to do anything. But, yeah, I would say that I think there's a good chance that he's he's going to hit 40, more than 40 home
1: runs this year. I, I mean, I really, not to belabor the point, but I really think that missing 2020 season was, like, big. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's a case to be made where, like, that would have been his sophomore slump. And so, like, good thing he had – good thing it was a short season and he didn't waste a awesome
0: season or a whole season. Well, but then he too. could have gotten it out of his system instead of having the 2021 year be – you know, it was a two-year sophomore slump. All of a sudden, he's twenty-seven, but he's still,
1: but he still got ninety-four RBIs in twenty-twenty-one. Right, his thirty-seven home I mean, runs. His down 94 his RBI, quote-unquote down year, and uh, I mean, I do like his durability. Right, he's played, he's played at least. He's only missed a handful of games. Even that twenty-twenty-one season, he plays one hundred and fifty-two games. It's a good, it's a good guy to have. This is totally the the difference between him and Freddie Freeman
0: is is that average he has traded 50 points of average yep for more home runs yeah yeah which if that's your style of that's what you want on your team then then that's a good key team construction like in some ways there's some teams where pete Alonso might fit better for your team than freddie freeman
1: yeah but you're paying really early for him so you're actually crafting your team mm-hmm. around pete Alonso. so and, I mean, the same thing, same thing you're doing with Freddie Freeman, right? I mean, I think... So these two are real, like, I feel like choice in team constructions in a way that Vlad Guerrero is not. Vlad Guerrero is just like a piece that fits on You'll most fit teams. You'll fit any team. Yeah. These two, Freddie Freeman versus Pete Alonso, you've actually made a, a choice, I think. Yeah.
0: I'm going to have 30 more points and At least 30 more points in batting average. Probably more runs. Probably fewer home runs. What do you think, though? If you... Would you Which one of these would you take in a head-to-head? No, which one of these? T- Pete Alonso versus Freddie Freeman. Which one would you take head-to-head?
1: I think Alonso gives you more paths to team construction. I think you have to be No, no, ready. I'm saying I'm right now.
0: Let's, let's, let's do this. Do you think who's going to have more runs? Pete Alonso or Freddie Freeman? Runs? Freddie Freeman. Who's going to have more RBIs? Pete Alonso or Freddie Freeman? Pete Alonso. Who's going to have more home runs? Pete Alonso. Who's uh who's gonna have more stolen bases?
1: I mean Doesn't matter, but it, it does have more. I mean I think it's I think it's Freeman. Okay, and then who's gonna have the higher average? Uh well, that's obviously Freeman. Okay. I mean, so you say three of those three out of the five categories,
0: Freeman's gonna have higher. Yeah, but I'm with, also
1: saying I'm saying that one of them doesn't matter. And I think Stolen bases. Uh, stolen bases, and I think Alonso is more better enough <laughs> in RBI's and home runs that I think that outweighs the run average, an average value of of Freddie Freeman. I think I think Freddie Freeman in the end, if you built a good team around him, he's a better piece. Yeah. But Pete Alonso, if I were if I were to say like I've never played fantasy baseball before, which one of these two should I do to have a better shot at winning? The answer would be Pete Alonso because it's just easier to build a team around a guy who's going to hit forty plus home runs
0: mm-hmm yeah it is and to 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 um kind of forgive the sins that you have in other drafting positions exactly and also be just like i know that i gotta get someone who steals bases and get runs you can have a team of specialists around him wherein whereas like freddie you
1: started thinking like should i lean into average well this this was and i can i feel like i can say this from experience because this is like the joey Votto problem of previous years yeah because mm-hmm. it was like can you build a fantasy team around Joey Votto? I mean, he's elite in average. Jose
0: Altuve as well. Yeah, yeah,
1: great. That's a <laughs> those high point. those high average players that don't quite get you the number of stolen bases plus home runs that you kind yeah. of want. I, I mean, but but you can win. You can build winning teams around Altuve. You Freeman, can build. I'm teams sure of every, that. Anyway. So. <laughs> but it's just the needle. The eye of the needle is a little bit smaller for them. So if we did home runs plus
0: stolen bases we think alonzo gets more
1: i still think alonzo gets more there
0: yeah and then he gets more in rbis so it's two versus two i would take i it, would you take pete alonzo or or um freddie freeman head-to-head in
1: that well or i would think
0: we put home runs plus stolen bases as a
1: category uh, so we have four categories i think there i i think i would i think i would take freddie freeman in that one i'll take pete alonzo okay we'll put that that's actually problems. that's that's a fun one, and I think that really says a lot about how successful people's teams are going to be. Because I think
0: average Freddie Freeman is almost certainly going to get, and RBIs almost certainly
1: Alonso is going to get. But Alonso could squeak out runs. <laughs> uh I don't disagree with that. I'll, I mean, that's a lot of faith in the Mets, but yeah, sure. <laughs> I know, I know. No, not not policy for
0: me to have faith in the Mets. Actually, quite quite the opposite <laughs> who are we doing next week we're going to talk about paul goldschmidt time for a little housekeeping be sure to subscribe to us on itunes and follow us on twitter fantasy tools mind the z thank you mild manner for letting us use your tunes be sure to follow them on soundcloud and facebook feel free to email us with questions or comments send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com again mind the z all i've got left is
1: worst are luck to you buddy worst of luck to you too yeah!